Let's be honest, life circumstances can be difficult and it's easy to grow discouraged. When life is pressing in on us, it's easy to grow impatient with God's apparent slowness in answering our prayers. But how many of us would enter our house, reach for a switch to turn the light on, and when it didn't, didn't come on, simply give up trying? How many of us would live comfortably in the dark of unanswered prayers? In this week's sermon, Pastor Kelly preached on Luke 18, 1-8, the parable of the persistent widow. Today we'll be discussing questions around these verses and more. Stay tuned from Glen Allen Bible Church. I'm Matt Morrow. I'm John Vanderbilt. I'm Beth Moss. And I'm Kelly Brady. And this is episode number 198 of the Next Level Podcast. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back, Beth. Thank you. I was gone for two weeks. I'm back now. Glad to be here. Did you offer the appropriate sacrifices to the with the high priest? To, <laughs> I tried. Uh, yeah. I tried. Was it bad? Were you were you bad sick? No, we actually weren't sick at all. Perfect. Yeah, no symptoms for anybody. It's like a staycation. She'd probably lock you away from everybody then. Um, <laughs> I felt like the last couple episodes without you here were not some of our best, so we're glad. Well, that you're I'm back. sure that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like well, yeah. I feel confident about that. <laughs> Beth's like, yeah, duh. Beth, have you ever once listened to a podcast of ours? I have. I have listened to one or two. There was a lot. It took a couple years. It took a worldwide (laughs) pandemic. I I had so much time. No, I did. I don't remember which one. Changed your life, didn't it? it was it one of ours? <laughs> it was just a podcast in general. Yeah, I right. Know it like, was. Oh, I've listened to one. <laughs> I listened to that one podcast <laughs> once. Welcome back. Glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Try not to suck. I will try not to. Try to contribute. <laughs> did you uh, watch the live stream yesterday? Yeah. You so did? we've been doing the live stream, and it, it looks Pretty good. Yeah, kind of big time. Big time. Big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. Beth, Beth, have you noticed that? <laughs> have you noticed that? Camera you know, adds a little. Camera adds some weight. I I really can't I can't comment Liar. on that. <laughs> Liar. I'm huge. <laughs> Kelly's feeling bad about the camera and what. It it's might all do. the angles. The angles are wrong. <laughs> it's all the camera people's fault. All right. Just anyway. stick with the veggies and the fruits. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> oh. We said uh, we had something to say to the college kids. That was, How'd that that go? was cool. Did college kids actually pick yeah, up the gift? They got applause in the first. Uh, yeah. I saw that. First service got applause, which I thought was great that they have just been here and stuck with us. So, my understanding is that we had uh, 50 gifts Five to zero. give out. Awesome. That's a lot. And uh, right before third service, uh, almost 40 had already been given out. So. Wow. How many it's podcast a- shirts were shoved yeah. in the bottom? <laughs> okay, everybody you can leave that, again. Everybody, you can go. You go. Enough. Everybody that asked for one got one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that was coached into asking for one, you'd really like a podcast shirt, I gave right? a lot away. Not a single person. That, that's not true. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so we gave like a little... Yeah, just a well, little just care a acknowledgement and kind of thing. Yeah. They're getting ready to enter into a uh, final week in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, yeah not I think it's this week, but next now. week. Yeah, oh, and Kelsey, uh, Kelsey led yesterday. Yeah. She goes to Wheaton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was saying finals in two weeks. So They're coming. 
So yeah, let them know we were praying for them, thinking thinking about them, and thanking them just for coming and worshiping with us. They they've had they had a special dose of awkward, weird, and strange season. Like we all had mm-hmm. to adjust our things, but it really stinks to be a college fresh, especially freshman, sophomore going in, or even mm-hmm. yeah. a last year yeah, of college, like year, senior, yeah. whatever, yep. and have to go through the college uh, system the way that they had to go through it. So mm-hmm. um, the fact that some of them came, that was awesome. And well, they've been pretty faithful, even from the outdoor services yeah. back mm-hmm. in the fall. A mm-hmm. lot of them would come to yeah. those. and So we devised this way to figure out how many college kids we had by giving out treats for okay. so then Smart. we can gauge the number and then we can run our tests and our studies and find out how do we be more attractive for co- no kidding <laughs> kidding a lot of churches do that though right a lot mm-hmm. of churches yes. they have their uh their things that they change up and i don't know i'm glad we're who we are and mm-hmm. people come and we have church great how do you guys feel like the live stream is going is that working logistically is it's that getting better and better every week Honestly, we had some slide pro, uh, problems. If you're a podcast listener and you were in first service, I just want to say we can spell. We do know the basic rules of English grammar. Uh, there were some painful slides in first service. And the reason is, John can explain it better than I can, but the reason is when you live stream, there are a limited number of spaces to offer on the television screen, blah, blah, blah. We're figuring it out. Yeah. You you explained it just as good. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Well, I imagine there's a lot to keep track of. I did notice there was like a different song's lyrics up yeah. at one point, but it's fine. It yeah. was fine. Yeah. We sorted it out. <laughs> Who needs the lyrics? Right. We're learning. Yes. All of that. <laughs> Again, I said it gets better and better every week. It was the best sermon I've ever preached. The (laughs) best streaming experience we've ever offered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The best college gift bag we've ever given. Yeah. That's right. And I'm sure it will be, hopefully, it'll be somewhat improved next week. Yeah. It'll be great. Mm -hmm. All right. So shall we get into some questions? We got questions all over the place today, which is cool. Yeah. Hard to fit a theme particularly today. Yeah. Um, All right. First question. Hello, I'm a first-time texter, a long-time listener. I thought what Matt shared yesterday was great, and it got me thinking, do we really have to sing in church? Can't I be singing a new song in my heart in other ways? Um, why all this pressure to sing out loud at church? What if it's not my thing? I'm very grateful for salvation, and I do sing, but I'm wondering if there isn't an equal way to praise God. I feel like I worship God in lots of different ways. Why singing different things? Good question. Do you think there's pressure to sing? I feel like I've you've never mentioned it a couple times, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're yes. just trying to all sing louder than Kelly so that Maybe we should give hear. gifts to people that sing. <laughs> Find out how many people actually sing. Well, I have I have heard you mention several times from the pulpit. It's a passion you know. point. Yeah. yeah. And it is not a passion point for all preachers, for all senior pastors. Right. Sometimes it is pulling teeth to from, from the worship pastor's perspective, sometimes it can be pulling teeth to get the senior pastor or whoever's leading on the platform to mention it, to even give it once a year. Mm. Just please, just, you know, encourage us. Yeah. You know, because different voices carry different weights and, sure. you know. Mm-hmm. So well, I love the fact that we talk about it every weekend. It's, yeah. it's almost 50, every weekend. Almost every weekend. It's 50% of our service. Mm-hmm. It's like, it feels like a miss to not talk about it, to not, you know. It's such a count, and it's, you know, what one of the things Kelly always talks about is 
the strangeness being strange, being, mm-hmm. you know, as Christians, it is strange that we wake up and sing on so like everybody sings. You sing in, in your shower, you sing at home, you sing in your car, but not many people get together and just sing. Yeah, group yeah. sings are not the mm-hmm. norm culturally. No, and it's right. very weird to do on Sunday morning, first thing, 9 a.m., right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kelly, I, I, um, I've heard you talk about it as a way that we preach together, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I, I always fondly say that uh, I shouldn't be the only one preaching on Sunday mornings that we should be preaching to one another in song. Paul writes that we are to sing to one another. And uh, so you're correct. The, the, the listener, I appreciate the question. Glad you're a listener. I hope you'll offer more questions in the future. So you're, you're correct that there are many different ways to express our worship, without a doubt. Singing is just one of them. And uh, I, it occurred to me, you could shout to the Lord. If, if on Sunday morning we wanted to come together, you don't have to sing. You could actually shout. We used to have somebody here that would shout while everybody was singing. I don't know if you know, anybody remember what was her name. Uh, anyway, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. She she would just pick a time and space and praise Jesus. You know, she just. Yeah. I remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah. What was her name? Anyway, but I miss, I miss that input. But mm-hmm. yeah, singing's just one. There are other ways uh, to worship the Lord. In fact, you know, I'm thinking of Paul's verse, in him we live and move and have our being. The, the takeaway there is that Everything we do is an act of worship. Our lives are, so singing is just one aspect of worship. The reason we sing is, uh, there are a couple reasons we sing. We're, we sing because we're commanded. The commands to sing are in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, and Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. So we're told to sing, and so it's an act of obedience to sing. I would go so far as to say it's an act of disobedience not to sing on Sunday morning. And um, we sing because... Well, we also sing, and we're not. I wonder why people say there's pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Kidding. That's fair enough. No, you're good. I would like to say there's opportunity. (laughs) You have have real opportunity to sing. We also sing, and it's interesting to note the living creatures before God's throne sing. We read in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 8, they sing 24 7 around the clock. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so there is a song being sung constantly before in God's presence. Yeah. And frankly, when we get together on Sunday morning, we start singing. We're just joining the choir that's already been going. So yeah. And then it's uh, finally, I think it's interesting to note that God sings. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, mm-hmm. well, a fairly well-known verse um, about the activities of God but um, it's not just God tells us to sing, but Zephaniah, the prophet, says he sings over us. He rejoices over you with singing. And so singing is it's, it's fascinating to think of God singing. But. Yeah. All Trinitarian singing, too. So um, the apostles filled with the Spirit sang. Mm. And, um, and Jesus, uh, after the Last Supper, um, sang a hymn. They sang hymns. Yeah. And they sang uh, what most likely was, I believe it's called the Hallel. Um, like songs of thanks uh, and praise, uh, Jewish songs, of course. And it was always uh, done in a call and response. And so I've always wondered about that. Like, I wonder if Jesus was the leader. Let's do that this Sunday. I wonder if he was the <laughs> call and response. I want to call. I um, Just as you're talking, Kelly, I have a question here. I'm reading the actual question. Do we have to sing in church? Can't I be singing a new song in my heart in other ways? So um, you've said, like, you'd go so far as to say it's maybe 
disobedience to not sing, <laughs> to bring yeah. that back up. <laughs> um, but what about someone who's like, I, I truly worship. I just close my eyes and I'm quiet listening to everybody else sing. Do you have to actually be making the noise singing or can you still I, worship I, in a different way? There's nothing wrong with being quiet in worship. There's, I mean, you could you could come on Sunday morning, and uh, maybe you've had a an experience in life that you're tremendously disappointed. Or anyway, you can be quiet in service. You can. There are a lot of people are moved to tears in service and in worship. So I have no problem with someone being quiet once or twice, three times, mm-hmm. but. To make a habit of not singing, I don't know what 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 you would do with Ephesians five nineteen and Colossians three sixteen that tells us to sing. I just mm-hmm. I so I did some quick research on this, and it's interesting if you Google uh, why do we have why do we sing in church, you'll get some YouTube videos of some well known pastors up. Mm-hmm. And so I was listening to one pastor, uh, Matt Chandler, well known beloved preacher. I he's a good preacher, and um, and he talks about the science behind singing mm-hmm. and how it, it releases endorphins. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, what I was actually was going to say. Like, I don't, I, I get what you were saying about it being strange. Like, it is strange. We all show up at nine o'clock and these songs are played from the front. And we all was like, that's kind of strange. But concerts are a huge part of our culture. Yeah. Used to be. Every single, mm-hmm. yeah. Pre COVID, post COVID. Yep. Every car has the ability to play music the entire mm-hmm. time it's in operation. They don't make a vehicle without music mm-hmm. capabilities. Like, yeah. music, it's taught in our schools, singing to children, mm-hmm. like, song books. Like, all music and song is, like, a huge part of your life, Yeah, generally. It makes you happy. It makes yeah. you feel a part of something. It's how you celebrate. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to talk about the science of it, yeah. look at, look at some of the studies. <laughs> no, it's because of gardening. Look at some of the studies people have done. Oh, no, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Flowers, the same situation, yeah. same soil, same environment. One group of plants gets I, sung to. I use that. The other my... group of plants <laughs> neglected or, or just or negative. Like and the talk. type of music actually makes a difference. Yeah. I did a... Are you saying if you say mean things to your plants, they don't grow as well? Yes. Yeah. You were gone yes, a couple 100%. years ago, and I preached, and I actually showed the research. I, I used the research that. about it yeah. and showed the... Do you guys uh-huh. remember that? I do. I put the, there's yeah. plants that... That grew, uh-huh. and then we're we're given like angry music and yeah. music in a certain key Acid or rock. something, and the plants <laughs> wi- the plants withered. <laughs> Death metal. The, the plants withered, but the ones yeah. that received like oh, that's amazing. I mean, everything it, has a frequency, crazy. especially yeah. music. Yeah. Like, mm, Kelly's gonna sense. put a speaker in his backyard tonight for the potatoes. What can I sing but, in my backyard? But that that <laughs> experiment, um, that research, it makes me wonder about the physical aspects of what we're doing. Like Mm -hmm. we're doing this thing spiritually. We're singing to God and we're singing to each other, which Mm -hmm. I would comment when you, when you're talking about, can you be quiet? Like, well, you're kind of looking at a church experience then as only a Mm -hmm. vertical Vertical. experience. Uh And I, I'm, I'm built up when I hear you sing Beth, when Mm -hmm. we're in the same room. And so Mm -hmm. like, you know, if you choose to not sing every Sunday, I'm, I'm missing out on that opportunity. Right. But, um, and if you're really, really bad and you sing really, really loud, it gives us a chance to laugh at you, <laughs> which is also part of the human experience. I, you know what? I love it. I love it. As someone who can sing, I love when someone who can't sing and they don't give a rip. Oh, They're yeah. just like, it's I'm going to let it fly. It's a joyful noise. Like, yeah. I love it. Uh-huh. I love it, love it, love it. I One of my best so cool. friends, 
in life, <laughs> totally toned up, completely oh, no. toned up, cannot sing. And we used to ask him to sing all the time, and he would just go for it. <laughs> and we just, it was yeah, yeah. so funny. I mean, some of the best worship <laughs> fails are when the preacher's mic is still on. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And they're singing, and they just, but they're singing. But you know what I mean? And they're, they're just letting it go. Out, going for yeah. it. Yeah. But there's no, there's no, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's no up, there's no down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or there's a little too much up and down. <laughs> or too much. <laughs> too much yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, like, I, I think that uh, I've often wondered about the what kind of uh, physical frequency mm-hmm. type of stuff is happening in a room of singing praise songs. Well, I just like, read an article um, about, you were talking about endorphins, but about oxytocin, which is a brain chemical that builds trust and that singing can actually build that too so it wow. creates a sense of community oh, that's cool. god, also. Kno- god knows what he's doing doesn't mm, he? i guess so i did a sermon on the value of singing i remember i told a story about a a boot camp experience where the cadets that were being hazed by this sergeant started singing together and they and it's 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 well known. I mean, that's why you have a, a drum and uh, you know the bands, a bands a part of that lead army, into worship, yeah. uh, lead into war. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. So, yeah, um, I, how how would you comment about singing and spiritual maturity? I mean, I, I get that some people um, they just like to sing. They may be a Christian for two weeks and they're going to come and sing regardless. Mm-hmm. Honestly, for me. Singing was one of the, which is funny, I'm a musician. Singing was one of the last and, and hardest things for me to wrap my mind around mm. and start doing mm. because I was, it just, the church I started going to, it was, it was kind of cheesy. And I, I was a musician and I'd be off going and touring and playing my own music, mm-hmm. making my own art, and then come in and see this thing that was just like, oh, I'm just not into this. Yeah. I'm just going to wait I'll for the look sermon. What you do. I, exactly. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? But, um, how much of it do you think relates to spiritual maturity and how would you talk about that? Cause you don't want to shame anybody, but at the same time, like wouldn't you have a problem with someone who's been a Christian for 20 years and they just are in the congregation arms folded and won't sing a note? Yeah. I, I think that it's like any other act of obedience, for example, sharing your faith, uh, fasting, praying, um, as our hearts mature, as we're soft to the Lord, we're going to be increasingly obedient and eager for obedience. Um, I get it. It's not everybody naturally loves to sing. The same is true with any number of spiritual activities. Some people love to share their faith. Others are very nervous to do so, and it takes a lot of effort over many years to grow comfortable with that and, and to find their own style of sharing their faith and so it's it's like any other spiritual activity yeah. and singing is distinctly spiritual make make no bones about it um, you think about um, secular lyrics in um, music is keenly it's it's just it's loaded with spiritual, it's ripe for spiritual impact, both positive and negative is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, you, you put on a, if you have a steady diet of music, lyrics that are contrary to God's word and you're filling your mind with it, it's going to make its way into your heart. Uh, you know, I'm, we just need to be, you know, what we think about, we act out at some point in some way. Yeah. 
go. The, the last thing I just wanted to comment on it was, and I think I'm, I've said this before, maybe even on the podcast, but when I look at men who are um, just further in the race, further down the, down the race, right, and I see them and think, man, I hope when I'm that yeah. age, I love Jesus the way that he loved mm-hmm. Jesus. I, I engage the way he engages. I, I have that kind of faith like he has. Um, 100% of the time, that person is a pretty passionate worshiper mm-hmm. is in song. Like, they just let it rip. They let it fly. All right, let's go to question number two. We're going to shift gears quite a bit here. So, this question starts Uh, off, not to be that guy. Yeah, famous opening. (laughs) Not not to be that that guy. (laughs) But I'm going to be that guy. But our reductions in COVID countermeasures seems out of step with what is happening in the country slash state. What am I missing? I think it says county. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah, sorry, not country, but county slash state. What it's interesting, and I you can't the way this is phrased, you can't read between. Are they excited by our current right. COVID I, countermeasures? I are they discouraged with our current COVID countermeasures? Are they wanting more or less? So why don't you, John? You're the expert here. No. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell us what we are doing and how? I'm things saying are... no, no, <laughs> no. Um... If you could sing it, that would help. <laughs> Sounds like this person needs to sing and worship a little bit. No kidding. Uh, so we continue to follow as best we can the advice and guidelines, which churches are under guidelines, no mandates. So we continue to follow the guidelines provided by CDC, county, church professionals, um, other churches in the area that we communicate with, work together with, schools, like we have multiple kind of data points. Um, we also take into consideration the high number of vaccinations in our county mm-hmm. and even more so in our own local church. So we have people regularly communicating um, that they've been vaccinated yep. or that they've, they've They're in the process. gone through the process of having COVID. And, you know, um, so all those things get factored in. We continue to have zero spread from person to person at Glen Allen Bible Church as, that we know of. And we do the work to try to follow up, trace, you know, all the things that we're supposed to do. But we have not had an outbreak. Like many schools have had small outbreak. But Beth, you just talked to, yeah. you know, a kid, contact, trace, you know, one kid on the bus. And then now there's 12 kids in quarantine or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have not had that experience at Glen Allen Bible Church. So we are behind many other churches in in opening up completely, and we are ahead of many other churches in opening up sort of somewhat. So, so you're saying we're kind of middle of the road in our aggressiveness? Yeah. So And, and um, Kelly, you kind of made light of, well, I don't know if this person wants more or less. That's actually kind of the world that we live in. Mm-hmm here at Glen Allen Bible Church, this is real data. I got this week, I got three text messages from people that said, I don't want to register anymore. I don't want to wear a mask anymore. When is this all going to end? And I got three text messages from people. One of them was, I don't feel comfortable coming to a group anymore because people aren't wearing masks any longer. I thought we were supposed to wear masks in the building. And I don't feel comfortable with my kids in children's ministry because my daughter has asthma. I thought we were all going to be wearing masks. And, you know, that. so my point is we continue to live in, and, and we aren't, 
like, oh, well, those people are concerned, so let's do more of this. Or those people don't care, so let's do more That's of why this. why we have a live stream, right? right. Why so, we're putting effort into yeah, it. Yeah, so we're, we're doing our best to live in the tension of multiple data points, multiple um, you know, factors within our own body. And so we'll continue to offer fully masks at 9 and mask optional at 11.30 and then kind of the hybrid at 10.15. We're going to bring, um, we're going to loosen some restrictions starting next week on um, the 11:30 service. At the end of May, we're going to bring um, hospitality back whoop, whoop. in some way, shape, or form. Well, so, what do you want to talk about next? So, week? yeah. So, one of the things that we're going to do with the 11:30, since we're about half capacity in that service, is not require registration uh, for that service. Just just to start the practice of, okay, how do we, it's a smaller group, we can easily manage, it's, it, people aren't showing up unannounced right. <laughs> or unregistered to that service. So, um, I, I, you know, I ask everybody, so all those, those six people that text messaged me or, or talked with me, I communicate back the same thing to all of them. We're doing our best to live in the tension uh, there's people that feel frightened and there's people that feel angry. There's, you know, uh, please be patient with us as we continue to, to move forward. So, so in children's ministry, I just served in children's ministry yeah. yesterday. Everybody was masked up. So, um, is the, the 1030 in children's ministry, a hybrid also? No, it's not. So okay. yeah, the children, children's ministry, um, has made the decision. We made, made this decision, elder involvement and guidance and, leadership guidance to keep in step with what the local schools were doing, mm -hmm. feeling that some will feel comforted by that. Others will feel frustrated by that, but it's just a benchmark that we can use. So when the schools went to three feet, we added, you can see the capacity increased. We mm -hmm. could add more kids in, um, but you know, they're still requiring masks and, and that will go, um, my guess is that will go bring us right to summer and then we'll evaluate what happens, you know, um, at, in the summer months. And to be so. clear, um, because I think there was something in there about not, not, or you said something about not going to groups and people aren't mad. Like if you are not in your seat at any service, if you are walking from your seat back yeah. to your car, if you're hanging out anywhere in the building, you need to have a mask on. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. And people, That's, I will, my experience is, is largely people are complying with that. You know, um, a lot, this last Sunday, a lot of people just went outside. Like there was mm -hmm. about 50 yep. people hanging out, hanging out outside. Everything we know, the CDC, everybody's telling us sunlight and outside are, right. are the best thing, you know, if the best place for you to be around other people. So, um, is it true? Sunlight kills yeah. COVID? Mm -hmm. UV. Well, yeah. So right. the, 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 yeah. One thing that makes me feel good is it seems like, you know, from just doing church for the last, you know, year and a couple months or whatever, like, it feels like we're ready for whatever, whichever way this thing could go. Yeah. It feels like we're ready. It feels like we've. I can't imagine it going backwards. I can't either, Don't but, but, it, <laughs> but even if we did go yeah. take a couple steps back, yep. we're prepared to mm -hmm. handle it. Yep. And we're so prepared to go forward. Somebody that I, I trust, know, care, they're involved in leadership here at the church. Um, they follow these metrics really closely because their business is tied to it and um, because they serve the public. And, and um, everything that they're sharing is um, 
you know, there's there's metrics for phase five. Phase five is we're open again. Mm-hmm. And and DuPage County in particular is very close mm. to meeting a multiple of those metrics. Right. So hospitalizations, positivity rate, number of vaccinations, mm-hmm. all those things. So we continue on a great trajectory. Um, but like you said, Matt, you know, anything can change or happen, mm-hmm. the variants and all this stuff. But just know, like, if you're listening, just know, like, we want to get back to normal mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. We also are caring for a lot of people. I mean, With there's different o- needs and over concerns. Over 1,200 people that, you know, are are involved in Glen Ellen Bible Church. And, and we're trying to care and lead and navigate um, as best we can and um, following guidelines that are outside of just ourselves and what mm-hmm. we feel like. Um, yep. doing on a given Sunday. So um, my answer, my quick answer would be no. I do not think that we are out of step by with what's happening in our county or, or in our state. I actually feel like you've got a place for everybody because you got a full mask, you got a hybrid, you got a mask optional, right. you got an online. Right. And I don't think our job, and, and this person might th- may think differently, and, and maybe we've, we've evolved in it. I don't think our job is to convince people one way or the other about what is right, good, and necessary. Um, so providing options for all different kinds of people on that spectrum without trying to say, well, hey, you mask wearers, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And hey, you non-mask wearers, what are you doing? Right. So. All, all right, that's right. enough on that. Yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, we, we haven't really talked about it all that much on the we podcast, haven't. though, you know, no. considering it's a mm-hmm. pandemic. Like, no, you're right. Um, so, all right, good question. Here we go. Next question. I've been praying for a couple that their marriage would be restored for 20 years, along with many others from our men's group. We believe that God's will is that a husband and wife stay together based on the Bible's teaching. As such, we would believe we are praying according to God's will. At what point does an unanswered prayer and continual struggle suggest God's answer is no? Yeah. So when it um, when it comes to prayer, we need to remember prayer isn't voodoo. Did you guys ever watch Gilligan's Island? This is my favorite after school yeah. television show. I mean, oh, yeah. I've seen like it, I've seen it a few times, but not so like... there was this episode where they're stranded on an island, and and there's this episode where these uh, natives come to the island, unbeknownst to the natives, they don't know it's inhabited by these stranded folks, and the stranded folks, Gilligan and his crew, don't realize that the natives have come ashore. Anyway, these natives are uh, practicing like voodoo, and they they make this little doll of Gilligan, and anytime they push the, the pin in the doll, Gilligan gets yeah. a pain. So uh, we can't, and I know I don't mean to demean the question, but uh, prayer is not a means to controlling other people. And, and I don't assume that the question asker is thinking that's the case, but it is true. God won't say no to our prayers for mar- marital re- reconciliation. God longs to see marriages uh, restored and healed. He's at work, I'm sure, to answer the prayers that have been offered for some 20 years. But prayer isn't a voodoo. And what I mean by that, God won't contravene a person's will simply because he wants or we want to see something happen in that marriage. So when we pray for something that involves the growth of others, for example, marital reconciliation, we can be sure that God is answering our prayers by working in those folks' lives, growing them, maturing them. At the same time, God's not going to respond to our prayers by undermining their autonomy. So our prayers 
while they change the course of history, don't control people's decision making. Am I am I getting there? Mm-hmm. So, for example, I, I wonder, you know, if there's any progress over the last twenty years, we can praise God for that. But the progress may be as simple as one spouse softens their heart towards the other spouse or begins to confess sin or they identify a spiritual stronghold that is uh, torn down at some point. But, I mean, I have prayed for folks for many, many years, and I see God answering the prayers, albeit slowly. I don't think the answer is no. God, for example, in my case, wants to see these people come to faith in Jesus. I don't think the answer is no. But at the same time, um, he's not forcing or coercing people has been my experience. And, and so marital reconciliation is a very complex um, reality. I, you know, uh, so sometimes, while prayer, I said on Sunday, prayer is foundational, it's not all that's needed to bring change. Uh, I wonder if, if there's anybody speaking to the spouse or spouses, mm. telling the truth about sin in their own life and sin they, they observe in the, in the marriage. Um, so... I don't know. I, I've actually seen people get divorced, and it was a felt loss. Uh, and it, it seemed as though prayers were unanswered, only to learn several years later that God was continuing to work in those people's lives. He was continuing to answer prayers, and that he was drawing them to himself. And these people were, in fact, maturing in faith and in character. So it's a hard one. I, I hurt that, um, you know, something's been prayed for for 20 years. I, I wonder, frankly, if there isn't some other steps beyond prayer, and I'm sure these folks are taking some steps, I think, of biblical counseling. Um, I'm, I've run into some folks that came out of some very conservative churches where counseling was poo-pooed, like, you shouldn't, they were told they shouldn't go to counseling. They don't need counseling. They just need to memorize more scripture and pray harder. And I think, uh, no, according to 1 Corinthians, God actually gives some people gifts. Those, those, those gifts include counseling. There, we have counselors gifted and called at our church. They actually help restore people uh, to functionality in their relationships and, and to mental health. So I think about counseling. I think about speaking truth. I think about confession. So anyway, that's good. All right, next question. This is a question for the leadership involved with the Giving Center, or anyone really. Lately, I've noticed more and more people in need standing on various corners seeking help as I'm driving. I want to do something when I see those in need, but I want to do the best thing for them. What specifically would you suggest and is the best thing for me to do for them at the time that I see each person? How do you all handle that? You could send a check to uh, <laughs> Vanderveld, V-A-N. <laughs> they they, they could joke. they could give money to the church, and it would go to offset yeah, the cost I of, I think of they the meant, care like, center. The caregiving center is yeah. what I, I think they meant here, um, who does, you know, involve themselves somewhat with those who are, um, I you know, people on the corners um, asking is not like our primary mm-hmm. people coming to the, the care center, although I'm sure those people do sometimes make their way here. But 
do you guys give money to folks you see asking? Yes. How much money? Whatever I have. I mean, not Dude. up to like. Dude, I'm gonna go bucks. stand outside on no. your, on the corner. I, I gotta say um, up to. <laughs> he's like, up to. Right, you know what? Up to. Yeah, um, <laughs> when you know we lived in the city for a while, and um, you see this a lot more than you see it out here, right? So, um, I got I went through a season when I first moved up from Kansas City. You know, I was just like, oh man, okay, I'll give that. Uh, yeah, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give. You know, whatever I have. And then I just kind of got hard about it, you know. I was just like, man, I can't just give money all that. Like, there's people every time, every day I go to work, I see people, and I walk past people every day. So I, I'm just not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it anymore. Um, I started praying about it, and um, like this is something I put some thought into. Started praying about it, and just started thinking about like, what would my conversation with God be like when I see Jesus face to face? Like, what, you know. Um, is he going to say, hey, dude, good job going past that bum because he was going to take that dollar and go buy drugs? Like, is he going to say that? I just don't. I don't see it. Like, I think he's just going to say, you had, you gave. Like, good job. Well done. I don't know. That's kind of where I ended up with it. I don't think you're crazy. I, I think this is actually a hard question. Yeah. I um I often have gift cards in my car, so I'll, like, pre-buy like Chipotle or places that I know are close to where I've seen people sitting out. So like then I can hand them like a pre-described, pre-prescribed dollar amount to a place that's actually like helpful, you know, like rather than cash, I'll say, hey, you know, I had this in my car. Would you like it? Or um, stuff I'll keep in the car. When I'm on my game, I'll pack like a winter bag or something where I can say, hey, what do you need? And I have it. I haven't done that in a year or so, but I've done that before. Or um, if, I, if there's someone outside a restaurant, I might say, hey, I'm going to grab a sandwich. You need anything? Or are you good? And that kind of gives them. Right. And, and hopefully helps them maintain a little bit of like, like, I, I was fine. You didn't need to give me a sandwich. I was doing okay. You know, it gives them the opportunity to say what they might need or no, I'm fine. So those are some ways I've that's, handled that's it. That's creative stuff. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I'd say I don't have a hard and fast rule. Like every person I see, I go and mm -hmm. I, you know, um, but often it's, you know, um, I'll, it's in times of where I'm more observant. Like you will see something and you feel kind of moved or in that moment or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I'd be uh, careful. Uh, I think I'm more careful with those that I see sort of on a regular Right basis mm -hmm. that um, don't need my five dollars. They actually need something else, mm -hmm. and and having the conversation of hey, have you have you headed over to the walk-in you know ministry, which we support to some degree every year. Um, the walk-in clinic is over or walk-in ministry. What ministry? Yeah, mm -hmm. ministry. Oh, it's a, what's the Lutheran the church, church yeah. downtown Glenelg. Um, and we'll direct people over there. Um, and we've done stuff at the church um, for a while. For a while, it seemed like we were getting a stream like, yeah. every day. Um, we had folks coming by, and um, we started buying uh, Foster. John Foster had uh, went and bought a whole bunch of uh, one-way train tickets because a lot of people are just looking to get back into the city or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, it's, it's. I do think that each person needs to answer this for themselves. Yeah. 
Yeah. And in a way that can the answer cannot be I want to be careful here, but the answer cannot be, oh, I give to my church. I don't need to show compassion to that person. I do think there are times where that does apply. Like you can't just keep You're right. You have to pay your own you know, bills. Like, right. hey, I know our church is strategic in this. Um, and I give to my church out of, you know, the offerings that God has given me because none of it's mine, all of it's his, and I return to him uh, out of thankfulness for the mission of God to continue. So you aren't, you, you, you do, you know, there are things that you aren't giving to because you give to your church. But these one-on-one kind of interactions, I would be hesitant to say something, to, to have the answer be, oh, I don't give to them because I give to my church. It's a different kind of compassion moment there. Um, yeah. that each person needs to deal with on their own. So. For, yeah, for me, I just don't like where my mind goes when I try to start, like, you know, sussing somebody out, like, ooh, what is that? Yeah. Do they mm-hmm. look like they're really, but like, right. I just I don't like where my mind ends up yeah. in that place, especially if you do it every day. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's terrible, terrible, terrible stories out there of people that have taken advantage. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um of you know, the, and I do think it's the case panhand- that panhandling. What are you? Yeah, begging. begging. Yeah, I do think it's the case that the number of folks begging is on the rise in the western burbs. I think there is a An growing, increase. Yep. growing population, and it um, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to see your heart breaks, and I think that's right. If you don't have any compassion, I gosh, I'd be concerned about that. I I think that we should check our hearts. To your point, Matt, you know we should. We should do unto others as we'd have them do unto us. If if we were in that hard spot, we'd want some compassion. If our kids were in a spot like that, we want mm-hmm. someone to show them compassion. Our parents. Um, I my answer here is I experiment, mm-hmm. and by yeah. that I mean I'll ta- I'll begin by talking with God. God, I don't I don't know how much to give. I don't know when to give. I don't know to whom I should give, and so I'm talking with God about it. And then I'll take I'll experiment. I, if I've seen somebody once or twice before, I'll go ahead and give something. And see afterwards, God is—is is that? Do I feel affirmed in that decision? Do I feel uh, that was a waste? Did I? That was there joy in that for me, um, or did I feel taken advantage of? And and it's—I um, like John what you say. I think there should be an ongoing conversation. We should each be wrestling with this, because compassion was a prime motivator in the ministry life of Jesus. He felt compassion for those who were broken around him, and it moved him to act. And we should feel compassion. We, our, our lives shouldn't be so busy or compartmentalized that we don't see folks' needs around us um, and that we just blow by them. Mm-hmm. We should be on the look for opportunities to, opportunities to bless people and, and lift up Christ. I, I gave five bucks recently to somebody who outside Costco, really busy army trail, I think it is. Yeah, on mm-hmm. the corner there. Yeah, yeah. really busy road. He's a young woman. And this was a guy, and he had oh. a creative sign. I'm not homeless. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. It's just a really crack here. It says something like, I'm not homeless. I, I, I do need a job and can't pay my rent. I've got a child. It was a long sign. Yeah. And I thought, well, that, okay. you wait in that line for a while. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a, it gets backed up. So, yeah. There's a there's experiment. A, a rotation of folks that are out on that corner. Really? Yeah, we're at Costco. I don't go to Costco. We're at usually. Costco at least once a week, Sorry. sometimes twice. So, all right. Well, let's let's land the plane. We'll go to the last question. Question five. I get it. 
We need to persevere in prayer. But what exactly are we enduring or overcoming? In other words, is it simply that God is delaying his response? If that is the case, then why the delay? Or is something else going on, something that we actually have to conquer, so to speak? I think it's a great question. I do think timing is a big part. There is a delay from our perspective. Um, Jesus actually said in last week's parable, God is not slow. He'll, he'll care for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, uh, and he'll do so quickly. God's not slow, but we need to be honest with ourselves. Uh, from our perspective, it does feel as though God is slow. I know God's outside time. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, a thousand years like a day. And so he has a whole completely different perspective. And I do think there are some timing issues. So when we pray and pray and pray and we persevere in prayer and don't receive an answer, we're to continue persevering uh, because God is working his plan of redemption in his timing. So, um, but it's not simply timing. There are some things to overcome. Um, There is a reason why uh, God is going through certain a certain process. I think of he's growing our faith. So in other words, sometimes we don't receive an answer because we lack faith. Um, Jesus commented on the on the faith of the disciples in any number of occasions and said that it was inhibiting them from experiencing all that God had for them. James writes, uh, when you ask, be sure that you don't doubt. The person that doubts, is unstable in all that they do. They're like a, a, a wave tossed back and forth in, on the sea. Uh, so, so, and he says, people that are tossed back and forth like this, that waver in their doubt, shouldn't expect that they'll receive anything from the Lord. That's James 1, 6, and 7. So faith can be something sometimes God's trying to grow in our lives. So the delay could have something to do with our growth in faith. The delay could have something to do with our growth in obedience. So Jesus says in John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. Well, there are things that I ask for all the time that aren't done for me. So it could be that I'm not remaining in his word. I'm not remaining in him, staying connected to the vine. And that's, that's, um, that's an obedience issue in, in large part. He's making sense? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the delay could be I'm asking for wrong motives and, and God wants to, uh, I guess the word would be purify me. Uh, James says, you ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend what you receive on your evil desires. And so when I ask for a giant, you know, truck that's really cool, you know, I'm not getting that anytime soon that I know of. It's because it would it would all be for ego and it, it's just I'm asking with the wrong motives. So. Got that stimmy money. Yeah, it's going to pay college tuition, baby. Hashtag Stimmy. Hashtag college tuition. (laughs) Um, That doesn't stimulate the economy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So 1 Peter 3, 7, interesting verse. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of God's gracious gift of life, so that, why do this? Why try to treat our wives well? So that nothing will hinder your prayers. Uh, the way we treat others impacts our effectiveness in prayer. Um, we know that Paul asked three times for a thorn in the flesh to be removed. There's lots of debate over what that thorn in the flesh is. Um, sometimes God is delaying our prayers to strengthen our our resolve um, to let us know more of his grace. 
Uh, Paul, when, although told no, you're not going to get this, uh, God did say to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. So, And then lastly, I would say sometimes it's spiritual opposition. Daniel prayed, and he didn't receive the answer to his prayer for three weeks, only to learn that the reason he didn't receive his answer is because there was opposition to God, uh, the spiritual opposition, the enemy, uh, delaying the response. So I think there are any number of reasons why um, it, there's a delay in the response from God, and uh, we need to be we need to be aware of that. It could be He's growing us in our faith, could be He's growing our obedience, wanting more obedience, could be we're asking with the wrong motives, could be we're treating mis- mistreating people in our lives, could be simply that God's wanting to strengthen us. Another word would be testing. Uh, it could be that there's spiritual opposition. I think earlier in the podcast of the the marital, uh, the person who's been praying for somebody for 20 years that their marriage would be reconciled. I I wonder if there's spiritual opposition there at some level. Um, oftentimes when I stumped, when I've prayed a long time for something and I'm stumped, I, I'm not sure how to pray, I'll begin praying, Lord, would you show me how to pray? Hmm. Like, I don't think I'm, I'm hitting the nail on the head here. I think I know what's in the best interest of those I'm praying for, uh, but I'm not certain. Would you, and sometimes I'll get a, an insight, a revelation about here's what needs to be prayed. All right. That's all the questions we have for you today. But if you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the Next Level Podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Prophecy.